Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show about the people and organizations that make an impact around Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm your host this week, Sybil Summers from 98.7 K-Love. Thank you for joining us. Later on this hour, we'll catch up with Nakisha Patton-Handy about her organization to inspire peace. But first, Keith Price joins us. He's the president and founder of Focus on Teens. They're honored to provide drop-in centers for homeless teens on high school campuses within Dallas and Fort Worth independent school districts. Focus on Teens also offers core focus areas for teens, parents, and teachers. Emergency food and supplies, drug abuse prevention and awareness, suicide prevention, healthy living, which is a mental health awareness seminar, and their Get Started Intern program. Well, hey there, Keith. Nice to have you on with us today. Good morning. How are you, Sybil? Wonderful. And I'm excited to learn more about Focus on Teens. Well, I'm happy to tell you all about it. Uh, we don't do much publicity generally. Um, we operate very much under the radar, partly because the clients that we serve, which are kids anywhere from nursery school all the way up to through high school and even college for a year or two are very much under the radar. In the Dallas Independent School District, there are 6,000 homeless kids matriculating on any given day. And in Fort Worth, there are 3,000 matriculating on any, every, any given day. And that's 9,000 altogether. And it's not a demographic that people know a whole lot about. So we serve these kids. Uh, I know the duty of a, a charity is to beat the drum constantly and uh, you know do as much publicity as one possibly can. But I have found uh, in doing this now, this we're going on our eighth year, that um, if you have a program that is efficient and puts the kids first, the publicity follows. And I prefer it that way. And I'm not very good at the publicity side of it anyway, so. <laughs> I think you're doing great. <laughs> well, our thing is program, and uh, the mission statement says that, you know, we take care of the kids. And the rest follows invariably, and it's been that way for me. Uh, before this, I was the uh, director of um, uh, 
the city's largest shelter for about three years. Prior to that, I worked as a volunteer at a homeless advocacy. And prior to that, I was uh, a businessman in consumer products for 35 years. And I found myself in this, and that's why we I can take that approach and make it efficient, kid-oriented, always first, always immediately. We go to them. They don't come to us, which is an absolute advantage. And we feed them, clothe them, and give them anything that they need. And that's what we do. It sounds like then, with all the experience that you just listed, homelessness is definitely your passion project. That is absolutely right. What is it that caused that or led you to that? Is there a personal experience? Well, no. No, I'm afraid not. I... uh Although we did dodge the rent collector a lot when I was growing up, I thought we just I honestly thought we just liked to move. <laughs> uh, then I found out later, and then I was, I was never subject to you know being without a home. Actually, I'm from Philadelphia, which I hope no one that's listening holds against me. Uh, I, I know, sorry, Sybil. But you're doing good things, so we forgive you. I got here as fast as I could, okay? <laughs> okay. I, I, I've been here for whew, well over 40-something years, and... Um, I didn't realize that I always had a thing for the underdog because I I kind of, you know, my childhood wasn't great, uh, but it was enough to make me recognize that, you know, you have a need, you would wish uh, with all of your heart that someone would fill it. Now, that need could be spiritual, it could be emotional, it could be psychological, it could be material, it could be anything. And I, I had that part of me and I didn't ignore it, but I, you know, my duties were to be a husband, be a dad. And, um, you know, create a business and uh, be relatively successful at it. And then when I stopped in the business world, I literally went down to a homeless advocacy where I had dropped off clothes once. And I didn't know what they did. And I thought, well, I'll see what they do when I went in. And as a creature of habit, I made a study of what I was seeing once they accepted me as a volunteer. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize I was doing it, but I do that in everything in my life. And it's a virtue, and not because I was aware of it. It was gifted to me. Right. And uh, I became, with all due modesty, an expert in homelessness. And that's how I ended up running the biggest shelter in the city, not because I was nobody knew I was alive. And, I mean, the guys at the, uh, the stew pot did. Mm-hmm. But everybody else, I wouldn't dream of saying anything in a meeting. No way. I mean, I'm not the guy with, you know, 25 years of experience in social services. I was just the guy looking at a problem, figuring out how to fix it as best one can, and loving the people first, because I find that all things flow from that. And when I was at the shelter, even with 350 to 500 people a night, they all got as much personal attention as they wanted. I wasn't a distant manager at all. And I found that that did more than any social service program I could ever put in there. Well, since you don't do your own PR, I will do it for you. (laughs) We're talking (laughs) to uh, Keith Price. He's the president and founder of FocusOnTeens.org. And you can find them on all social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at FocusOnTeens. I know we've talked a lot about the actual problem with homelessness, but can you tell yes. me what Focus on Teens does to address that? Sure. Well, what happened was I was, when I was the director of the shelter, the Dallas Independent School District's Homeless Education Department came in to talk to me, and they said to me, first of all, I was shocked to learn that there were homeless kids in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my concentration was adults. I mean, I knew there were some out there, but I didn't know that it was anything like it was, and I said, uh, they said, can you help us? 
I said, oh, my gosh, I would, I would be happy to. My, I was, like, flabbergasted. <laughs> and I said, oh, send them to me. You know, I'll feed them. I'll clothe them. I'll give them all they can carry. I'll take care of them. They can stay here overnight. It's not within my mandate, but I don't. I can't turn my back on a, a needy child. And uh, incidentally, in the shelter, even though I had all those people, I didn't have any police presence at all. I didn't need it. Uh, even with that many people, usually they're locked down like Fort Knox, not us. I mean, I, I used that money for social services. I just moved it over on a line item on the budget, and I used it for social services, and I never even had a problem, not once. And I said, how many kids are we talking about? Just call me first and tell me that they're coming. And they said 2,600. Wow. And I went, oh. I said, <laughs> how many? They said 2,600. And then literally a month later, uh, my development director at the time, and I created Focus on Teens. Now, what we did was we created what's called a drop-in center at a high school, which gives the kids who generally toil anonymously, because you don't want to tell your friends you're living on someone's sofa or mm -hmm. in your car or in the park, uh, which is about 10% of the kids. And, you know, so we gave them a place to gather, and it worked. Like miracles, we had donuts and coffee. Mm -hmm. And they would come and say, I have a need X. Materially, it could be anything. Um, you know, hygiene, it could be clothes, it could be school uniform, it could be bus passes. It could be utilities where they're living. They're living in an apartment that has no electricity. Because mm. then that's one inch from homelessness. Because sometimes this is a prevention model, too. Okay? I mean, if I keep them in the apartment, they're not homeless, right? Right. And it, it doesn't require a big brain to think of that, or God would have thought of somebody else. So... <laughs> I do those kinds of things all the time. And I have a bribery program, which I'll tell you about in a minute. And uh, so we would fill any material need they had. There was nothing they ever asked us for that they didn't get. And not only that, they got it immediately. In other words, if you told me you needed a uh, bus pass or you needed clothing, uh, even if we, we didn't have your size, uh, you'd have it in an hour. Wow. And I don't care where you are. So we had one of those. And when I was there, I said to myself, this is a fantastic concept. And uh, I was sort of piggybacking on another on uh, homeless education's idea, but I said we need to wrap around services in this location as well, and we absolutely have to expand it. And we went up as high as 22 drop-in centers. And you, what, we partner with DISD mm -hmm. and Dallas Independent School District, and we're their principal partner to take care of the homeless kids. And in those drop-in centers, what we also did. And this was kind of my idea was we need to have a food pantry in here. And I don't mean a food pantry like most folks would conceive. In other words, if you're on the go as a kid and you're you know, struggling to find a place where you're sleeping tonight, you want food that you can eat immediately. Yeah. In other words, you don't want to cook it. Uh, you don't want to have to monkey with it at all. So that's like the pasta, the dried beans. That, that doesn't do anything. You might not have a place to cook it. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> and you're not going to heat up the barbecue over at the park. Either. Right. It's not going to happen. So our food is all very well thought out and, and very carefully uh, investigated first. And then we supply the pantries. And it's all good stuff like chicken noodle soup, vegetable soup, you know, uh, fruit snacks, things of that nature that you can shove into a backpack over a weekend if you need it, and including the backpack if you need one of those too, <laughs> and uh, take it with you. And we have currently, even in the midst of this horrendous, hellacious COVID pandemic, 
uh, we have 12 operating pantries, even though the drop-in centers are a little bit sort of on vacation at the moment because schools are so topsy-turvy. And that's what we do. That's incredible that you're still Gosh. operating under these conditions. How oh, has, yeah, we are. How has that affected Focus on Teens? Well, it doesn't – the kids as a demographic, again, I emphasize, there's actually more of the younger babes than there are high school kids because generally it's a family. Yes. And not always, but sometimes, you know, um, it just works out that way. Let me just say this. Even if you're in Fort Worth and you're living in your car, we're there in an hour, and you're going to have a motel for a week. And you, you're, you're not deficient from mental illness. Mental illness, you're not challenged in any way. All you need is a break. Mm-hmm. And when you give someone a break, believe it or not, that's where the rubber meets the road, in my experience. And I do give my experience some credibility because I believe that in the long arc of time, the more trauma that you reduce, it can never, never have any other effect other than positive. It's impossible. I don't know how many social service programs can say that, not because of me or my program, but it, it, it seems to me that if I reduce your trauma, it can never come back and bite you. I mean, it makes so much sense right? now that you say it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's my job, Sybil. I mean, if I can reduce your trauma, there is no way on this planet it will ever turn out to be a negative. Right. And I, who doesn't like to operate under those circumstances? I certainly do. <laughs> I think everybody would agree. Right? You know, but they, you know, sometimes you'd much rather put somebody through a 30-day program. And, and those things have value, but you have to have a dedicated staff that loves the people and puts them first, which is a very, very difficult proposition. In this charity, the only thing I insist on, one of my staff who's kind of on hiatus right now, uh, is that the kids always come first, not you. Right. Because they don't come first before me, so they're certainly not going to come first before <laughs> you without sounding all bossy. But I, I said, look, unless you're in the hospital, you better not ever miss a drop-in center. So I got a call from one of my guys. Okay, oh, my gosh, I'm in the hospital. I said, you were in the hospital? What happened? He said, I had a giant motorcycle wreck. I was on my way to the drop-in center at Thomas Jefferson High School. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, really, seriously. He got dragged like 75 yards on his oh. motorcycle. And I said, oh, well, I'm glad you called me. I said, number two, so that means you're not going? <laughs> <laughs> and I went to make sure he was really, he was he was bandaged from like head to foot. Oh, man. But that's, that's what I instilled in these people, that you just cannot do that because these kids have absolutely no anchors in their lives. And if you're going to be one more person that bails, you're not doing any good. They're counting on you. Yeah, I mean, Sybil, if you're not moving the needle forward, you are moving it backwards. It's a difficult scenario, but I won't accept it any less. You're coming from my world in business, failure is not an option. I know I just ripped off that movie, uh, Apollo 13 or whatever. <laughs> failure is not an option. Well, failure isn't an option, especially when we're talking about people whose lives are at stake. Exactly. And in this world of compassion, failure is an option all the time. And I don't accept that. I look at these kids, and some folks may look at them and go, how come they don't get better? And I would look at them and go, what am I doing wrong? I love that. You're really well, taking ownership. I have to. I mean, I, listen, if I'm going to be in this, I better be all in. And like I do everything in my life, you're either all in or go home. <laughs> and that's just what I do. And But it's, it's very important for me that they get this uh, love and material need or psychological need filled immediately because they are so certain it's not going to happen. And I don't meet them that much. So it doesn't come to me. In other words, mm -hmm. I don't go, I did something really good today. The kid loves me. Good for me. I don't really meet them. I let the schools be the hero. Yeah. I, I give them everything they need to take care of them. 
once they once they communicate what the need is. It's incredible work what you're doing. We're talking to Keith Price from Focus on Teens. I want to go back to something you mentioned a second ago with your bribery program. <laughs> you caught my attention with that one. Sybil, it's a program I developed. <laughs> this was very obvious to me also. And I'll tell you at some point about a banking, a money lending program I also created for homeless adults, which was kind of funny, um, which actually worked. Okay, sometimes you'll get a family uh, that will take in a homeless student. Mm-hmm. And well, that's great, right? So that's when I kick in my bribery program, which is I will feed him and clothe him or her the entire time you have them. So in other words, they're not going to be a, a capital outlay for you. You're not going to have to expend any money to take care of them. I'm going to do that. That's incredible. And that's my bribery program. And that way they stay with it. Usually, you know, sometimes it gets a little contentious. This is the fact. But usually, in theory, it works perfectly. Right. You know, I, I ship them food every week, you know, and they take care of the kid. They don't have to spend $100, you know, and that kind of thing a week because they're not rich anyway, usually. Mm-hmm. And that's my bribery. I should have a fancier name for it, <laughs> you know, like my graft program or, or something like helping others, you know, <laughs> and, and parenthetically bribery program. No, I, you know what? That works though, because that's an attention it grabber. <laughs> it works. It totally works. Money lending program also works. What the is that? The money lending program. Yeah, that was called banking on people. I went to a bank and said, I think we need to lend money to homeless people. I went, okay, first of all, who sent you in here? <laughs> okay, you're a complete fool. And I said, well, let me ask you this question. I said, uh, if you were to lend money to a homeless person, you advertise the fact that you did this, and you lost $2,000 doing it, would you ever be able to buy the public relations you're going to get for $2,000. I said, well, no, we probably wouldn't. I said, no, I know. I guarantee you, you wouldn't. <laughs> then we started a program called Banking on People, and we funded three businesses. Um, but when I left the shelter, those those three individuals, sadly, uh, didn't have the mentoring that they required. And I made them do the work. In other words, it wasn't a gift where they just could go you know, take money from a bank and then run away. It right. wasn't like that. They had credible businesses and a business plan, and they were homeless. Wow. But yeah, the program worked, and as long as I was there to tell them how to do their balance sheets and all that kind of thing, which they, I would drive them crazy because, you know, I wanted a certain way. And, you know, they would go, <laughs> Mr. Keith, you're killing me. Why do I have to put the profit column on the left instead of on the right? You know, whatever. <laughs> and, uh, oh, we had fun doing it. And one was a costume jewelry, one was barbecue, and the other was a massage uh, uh, location, like a, a, a table where you take it around and massage people. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they, they, they lent them money, and they started to pay it back. That's great. Yeah. I want to do the same thing for kids, Sybil. I love it. That's why Keith Price founded (laughs) Focus on Teens. Oh, my gosh. So, okay, I noticed I was uh, creeping on your Instagram. Oh, that was you? It was me. (laughs) Um, I I will fully admit I'm a complete cyber stalker when it comes to people. Um, <laughs> unashamed. I want you to come and work for me, Sybil, because I know <laughs> nothing about this stuff. Okay? It's embarrassing. I don't know a thing. I I'm might have to all. come volunteer for you. I would come love on. that. Come on. You know me. Just show up. That's all I care about. That's right. Well, I did notice, uh, you know, the voice of the Texas Rangers, Eric Nadell yes. is on yes. there. I saw yes. longtime voice of the Mavs, Chuck Cooperstein. I saw yes. longtime Dallas Cowboys legendary voice, Brad Sham. What is yep. their involvement with Focus on well, it's, Teens? It's principally uh, Eric uh, Nadell. He's on the board, right? Yes, he is. Awesome. I would, I would never have dreamt of having any kind of celebrity input 
from anyone, again, because I go back to my, my humble beginnings, and I, where would a celebrity ever come to wanting to help these kids or me? Mm-hmm. So I get to meet Eric, and my knees are knocking. I mean, I don't know Eric, and, you know, I, I was panic-stricken. But uh, he said, oh, no, I absolutely want to help you. And I was like, wow. And Eric is, besides being an angel from heaven, is um, our sole reason for being able to exist at this moment. Wow. Oh, absolutely. I tell him that all the time. I'm not sure he believes me, but he sees the numbers. I'm going, Eric, <laughs> I'm just telling you, your presence is everything. And I, I just absolutely love him. He's a doll. He's exactly as he appears. He's yeah. an angel. Well, it goes back to the uh, the PR angle you were talking about. You don't necessarily yeah. do it, but you get no. some big names like Eric Nadell, and Please, suddenly— it was gifted to me. I didn't get it. It was gifted to me. I, I am incapable of doing that. <laughs> but now people have heard of Focus on Teens. Yes, uh, Eric has, you know, 75,000 Twitter followers. So he um, has been absolutely terrific, and it shows—it is the most fun charity event on the planet because— when we say, please buy a table and support a focus on teens, it's like $1,000. It's not like 25000 It's not 50000 because I can make $1,000 work till it cries for mercy, <laughs> and you know, which is what we do. And, and uh, you know, $1,000, for example, would be 3,000 healthy snacks with change left over. Wow. That's probably a good way to put it. So, um, yeah, we have these, with these events with Eric, and uh, they're so much fun. And Eric, of course— Brings all these really cool things to auction, you know, signed by people that I don't never heard of, but everybody else seems to know who they are. And uh, I'm the, you know, the founder of the charity, and I thought I need to bring something. I'm, I'm a fool. I mean, I look like an idiot. I don't know anybody. This is almost embarrassing. Well, it's because you're from Philadelphia. Yeah, I remember that too. <laughs> I remembered that uh, my very first intern was an older lady, mm-hmm. and she confided in me one day that her husband was Willie Nelson's drummer. Oh wow! Seriously, right? I went. And I love Willie Nelson. I said, Willie Nelson's drummer? She said, yeah. So to test her, I said, well, how long has he been you know, drumming for Willie? You know, she said, oh, 1959. I oh, said, my oh, gosh. My <laughs> so I said, I call her up and go, could you bring me something? And she goes, oh, yeah. I thought, he, I thought she'd bring like a bandana signed by Willie. I got a Martin Series 10 acoustic guitar signed by Willie, Chris Christopherson, and Merle Haggard. That was the first one I got. Oh, my gosh. And I've had like eight of them. That's amazing. Yeah, I walk in like a party in the Red Sea, you know. I got the, <laughs> I got the guitar. I'm like the coolest person in the universe. I'm going, if you guys only knew, if you only knew yeah. <laughs> what luck this is. Well, and uh, you know, so it's kept us sustained. But Eric is absolutely elemental. If not the he is the elemental reason we're still here. That's fantastic. I love yeah. to hear those success stories, and yeah. I love to hear how far you've come. You know, you said you started eight years ago with yes twenty two hundred, twenty five hundred kids. Yeah, and now it's uh, six thousand. I mean, that's amazing. That's how many people you're affecting every single day in DFW. Well, in the interest of full disclosure, we try. I can't promise I get to all of them, but anyone that avails themselves of my services is never denied, ever. And um, in the average drop-in center, when they're open and functioning, we have anywhere from 15 to 30 kids. Wow. And it's open all week. Whether we're there all week or not is not relevant. I I had teenagers when I created this charity. I went, I'm not sure I want to do this. You know, God forgive me, teenagers? No, thank you. Right. And uh, my partner, Patton, said, no, Keith, don't be an idiot. And I went, oh, okay. So we literally created Focus on Teens, as I said. And for the first year uh, and a half, two years, Patton and I paid for everything. And I'm still married. My wife didn't divorce me. You know, she must have thought the money was going for a good cause. Yes. So uh, I've been blessed. I've been blessed. 
absolutely almost to the point of being unreasonable uh, from the start because, as I said, no one knows who we are, no one knows we exist, but the people that we help do. And DISD certainly does, and mm -hmm. so does Fort Worth ISD. Right. And by the way, those numbers I gave you before does not include kids that are on the street that are not in school and doesn't include any other school district between here and Fort Worth. Those have their own numbers. I love that you're doing good things and yeah. the way that things land in your lap, you know, with they the, the kids <laughs> who are coming to you. Yeah. And the Willie Nelson stuff. I mean, everything yes. that you're kind of talking about. It's I, I'm a big believer in karma. So I think that I if you're <laughs> putting out good things, yeah, that you'll get them in return. I would say that the people that are in charge of those departments, it's not a reflection of them. Their, their experience is completely different than mine. It's very rare that, again, this is just how I was gifted. It has nothing to do with me personally, that I happen to love these people, whether they were adults or kids, and I can also read a balance sheet. <laughs> and usually it's either or. Mm -hmm. And I'm just lucky enough where I can do both. But i got to tell you the truth. My thing is the people, not the balance sheet. Right. I don't care. That bores me to tears. I did it for years, and I hate it. <laughs> you know, I have a chance where my avocation and vocation are the same. And these kids or my clients, whoever they are, whether they're kids or adults, are everything to me. And I put them first over everything That's... because I've been mandated to do that. So, well, I don't see how you can not do that. If you're in doing this kind of work and you're home at 6 – and I mean, that's fine. Go home at six. That's cool. But if you have open cases that you can handle by six and you don't, see, I have a thing for, I have a thing about that. Stay until the uh, work is done. Correct. Especially if you can. If you can't, then you can't. I, mean, yeah. I, I understand that. But you're going to lead, lead another night of suffering. Now, they might not conceive it as suffering, meaning the client, but the big thing is to, you know, punish people is to, you know, kick them out of the shelter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> let me, let me make sure I understand what I, what I'm doing here. I'm, Punishing a homeless person by making him stay outside. <laughs> we go, that's the most ridiculous solution to any problem I've ever heard in my entire life, so I didn't do that. And by the way, if you can bring him in and talk to them, you have much better control than if they're outside looking at you. <laughs> that, doesn't take a big brain, again, doesn't take a big brain, Sybil. Right, that makes sense. There you go. It's Better Living. We're talking to Keith Price. He's the president and founder of Focus on Teens. Uh, we were talking about some of the events where you get the big yeah. names, you get the big auction <laughs> items. This year with the pandemic, everything yes. is just kind of, you know, out oh, of sorts. Man. How are you guys handling your usual fundraising events? What a perfect segue. Um, <laughs> don't tell your boss I'm totally hiring you. Um, <laughs> and plus, plus, I believe in paying people. See, that's the other thing about compassion. They don't pay you. They don't try not to pay anything because you're considered overhead. Right. No, wait a second. The person that's saving lives, they're not overhead. I don't care how you cut it. It's not overhead. As a matter of fact, you pay for people. The more you pay, the better you get. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, your result will be higher. So that's something that you know, is a little thing with me. I pay my people. So we were supposed to be, I think it was May 21st. Mm -hmm. And um, we obviously had to cancel it. And uh, we were looking at December. And now just in the last 24 hours, we we're going to have to cancel that one. So what happened was a very nice law firm. Yes, those words can go together. <laughs> a very nice law firm called Alston & Bird have volunteered to do a virtual auction for us on the 21st. It's on my website, focusonteens.org, under events. And we're going to have all kinds of goodies on there to be auctioned. And the proceeds will come to us. And we are, without putting too fine a point on it, in desperate need of capital. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just a reality. It is not because we're 
spending it everywhere and doing terrible things and, you know, luxurious vacations. And <laughs> I'm just saying that grant cycles are down, giving is down generally. Yeah. And, you know, these things hurt us, and that's going to be our event, and that's huge for us. It was a blessing from nowhere. And so we're having this, this auction, which starts like a week before the actual date, so you can, like, bid on things. Mm-hmm. It's all very, uh, like, a turnkey, very simple to do, and it's all on my website. So that's going to be October 21st? Yes. All right, but you can start the bidding. Like around the 14th, I think. Perfect. Okay. I'm yeah. glad I'm glad you did the math there because I am not good at that. You might want to take well, back know, the job offer. I am good with people. But you'll notice in my offer, I didn't say you had to read a balance sheet. That's say true. That. That's true. Okay. All I wanted was your goodness. And it seems like it's flowing out of you, so I'm down. Oh. Well, how can other people help? We have a, a lot of listeners throughout the Metroplex, and of course, I'm sure this hits home for a lot of of people listening. So what yeah. can they do to help? So as I said before, and I, I need to emphasize this again, we go to the kids that don't come to us. Nobody else does that that I know of. Mm-hmm. Okay. Secondly, they do it immediately. Nobody waits. Somebody called it no wait services. They went, oh, I'm going to use that. There you go. That was at South Oak Cliff High School. I said, oh, no wait services? Okay. <laughs> you don't mind if I, if I uh, abscond with your moniker there. Right. But, uh, yeah, really, seriously. I thought, oh, that works. And I, first of all, I never thought anybody noticed it, you know, that we do things immediately. I just kind of always say it. But I know, again, back to the trauma equation that, uh, you know, the faster I handle it, the better it is for everyone. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, we always are in need of money because I'm always asked – uh, to supply food, clothing, shelter on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And they get the money regardless of what my capital reserves look like. So if someone makes a, a donation, which we have on our website, you know, donate whatever, uh, and it's $10 or it's, it's $5 or it's $25, uh, you can just times that times three, and that will tell you how many healthy snacks in that particular case we're going to supply. And that's where that money goes. Absolutely. And you can do that at focusonteens.org. Yes, yes, absolutely. There's a donate button right on the landing page. I don't know who thought of that, uh, <laughs> but it, it wasn't me. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, we, when we get, you know, I have some regular donors, but again, we're not wealthy. But I will say this, Sybil, that we, uh, for the money that we get in based on our, our reach, Mm-hmm. It's not in any way proportional. My reach is, is 10 times what you would expect for the amount of money that our charity costs to run. Okay, on, on, our, on a good year, the charity is about $250,000 a year. Mm-hmm. 22 schools? Doesn't full stretch on, far. Full on. You know, not $5 million, you know, not anything on which I wish. Nothing like that. We can, this is efficient. In other words, even if I grow it by the number of schools, my overhead will not change. So, it's, just plan, it's just planning, you know, and I planned it that way. Again, I'm impressed. I love ah. that you started this. It sounds like yeah. you're definitely in the right, I mean, not business, but the right, you know, nonprofit, <laughs> nonprofit business. Yeah. You know, Sybil, I don't know of anybody else that's actually doing this model to the level that we are, and uh, or even at all, to tell you the truth. But that's not, not bragging. It's just, it's just so obvious to me that it's a solution. Uh, it's certainly, look, if I, homeless kids become homeless adults, generally the number is around 40 or 50%. So if you and I nip this in the bud now, let's say I put you in a hotel and it costs me $250 per week. Now, by the way, the hotels are not the Ritz-Carlton, okay? Right. And they're not comfortable at the Ritz-Carlton anyway. So, you know, I put them wherever they choose mm-hmm. for a week and 
Uh, no one else I know in any charity pays rent or pays utility. They just don't do that because they're like afraid that they're going to be, you know, ripped off. Now, by the way, I've never been ripped off in my life, not once. Good karma. Okay? It's the good not karma again. I'm telling you, I mean, the, the people at the schools know these people. They know what they're what they're going to take me for a ride or or be genuine with me. So I pay that two hundred fifty bucks. I get them off the street. They can make plans in their life. I'll even extend it another week. So then, let's say it's five hundred dollars. Could someone tell me where that $500 would be better spent? Yeah. That's a rhetorical question. The answer is nowhere. <laughs> so in other words, if I put you in a shelter or I did X or I did Y, it cost way more than that. No, $500. I even give you money for food. You get your act together, you'd be amazed. I mean, I would just love to hear about some of the success stories. I know you said yeah. you don't personally get to meet a lot because there are right. so many teams that you're helping. Them. Yeah. But do you have any special stories that maybe one of the principals of one of the schools or a teacher or somebody, one of your volunteers who helps sure. out with Focus on Teens, anything that stands out to you? Oh, sure. Uh, as a matter of fact, we had four seniors from South Oak Cliff High School that were in the program. And the program's informal. The program isn't like you have to be there every week and, you know, report in or anything like that. You're in the program, you're in it forever. If you're 70 years old and you still need me and I'm still around, you're still going to get help. Aww. Nuts. I mean, by the way, civil with homelessness is very rarely a one and done. Mm -hmm. In other words, I am lucky in the sense that my client is not mentally ill. When you're dealing with adults, that's 70% of what you're dealing with. So you've got a much longer haul in getting that person situated, which, by the way, was my pleasure to do. Right. Okay? Because they expect you to hate them, and you don't, and it really is a great healing process. So with the kids, you're dealing with someone that's in school, which is a miracle. They are kids of character, obviously. They realize that education is important. You and I would both probably concede that education is the answer to everything. Mm -hmm. Okay? So therefore, I am helping them, or the charity is helping them, Get that education. Again, I say, someone tell me what the negative is on this, what the downside is. Yeah. It doesn't exist. So sometimes they still need the help because when they go away to college, they're still homeless. Which is also incredible that they're still right? making the effort to go to college. Correct. Yeah. And they come home for, you know, a vacation or something like that. That's why they stay up there during the holidays. They know where to go. So, you know, sometimes they come down here and I, I would employ them through GISD. So... I'm at South Oak Cliff, and we gifted these four kids who have been in the program who don't have money necessarily. Now, they're working, you know, but there's, there's expenses that probably are greater than their, uh, their salaries. Mm -hmm. so Burger King, you know, wherever they're working. And uh, we gifted them each $250, and one of them got a dorm room for the $250. Aww. Another one got like um, something like a tablet. <laughs> I don't know. Some I don't, again, all I know is they used it for something good. Right, probably Another for school. Another one had needed clothes and shoes. Mm -hmm. And the fourth one needed something else. And uh, they were all vetted by you know South Oak Cliff by my man Derek Petit. So it was some of the best money I've ever spent, and it was my pleasure. After what they've been through, for for a thousand dollars, come on, you know it's nothing. It's a pittance. Yes, it gives me chills hearing those stories, uh, though, because it... Well, I, I, I got another one, a really good one. The kid comes up to me. It was one of my first experiences, and he didn't come to me directly. He went to the teacher, and she said to me, "He uh, Terry needs a cane. I said, a cane? Well, I wasn't expecting that. 
you get them one? I said, yeah, of course. So I go shop for a cane, <laughs> I don't know, $27 at CVS or something. Mm-hmm. I bring it to him. I didn't think anything more about it. I, uh, by the way, I, I, I've been told I post things on, let's say, Facebook back in the day or whatever. That, where I helped X or I helped Y, and I never remember any of them. I just, I'm already past it. It's done. I'm mm-hmm. glad I helped. Next. And uh, I got this handwritten thank you note from this kid who had sickle cell anemia, who was 17. He goes to Parkland, coordinates all of his own doctors, okay? Mm -hmm. 17, with sickle cell, in a wheelchair. Wow. And he said that the cane changed his life. And I said, well, you're a doll. Thank you very much. I don't know if I believe that, but if it helped you, I'm down. That's fine with me. I don't care what level it did, but I believe it really did. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was just one experience. I have those times a 1,000, and... I don't remember any of them. That's why you continue doing what you do, though, because you are well, making a difference. Oh, gosh, I wish that were true, and I'm not trying to be immodest, but it will never satisfy me, the number. In other words, if I had a million dollars, I'd make it work. If I had $10 million, I'd make that work. Right now, I am where I am because that's where I'm supposed to be, and I will continue to put the kids first all the time to the exclusion of everything else. And feel good about it, but I'll never be satisfied. That's just not my nature. I'm, I'm perfectly satisfied in my personal life. It's wonderful. But this kind of thing is so neat. The need is so great. And, and I said this before. When COVID hit, everybody wanted to be Johnny on the spot, you know, in terms of the fix. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking these kids are dispersed everywhere. And I went to Dallas ISD, and I said, you need to keep every school open. They told me where to get off. But uh, <laughs> I said, because the kids are going to go to their own school to be fed. Made purpose as we know we're going to have satellite schools and we're going to open just a third of them. Probably when they got the bill, they saw how much it was. And I go, uh, you know, I'll pay for it. Wow. I'll make a donation. I'll make a donation. I'll give you 15,000 bucks. Feed some kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, that went up like a lead balloon. But anyway, um, they did the satellite school thing and then it was just it's never going to work because the kids are not going to go. Number one, they're not going to get the message. Number two, they're not going to carry seven days worth of food with them. They're right. not Navy SEALs, okay? Yeah. They're, gonna, they're living outside. So I said, and I was guessing, that when the COVID mess is over, we are going to see a need the likes of which we have never seen before. And that's what I was saying to anyone that was giving us a donation. I said, please don't think for one second that in any meaningful way I'm spending this money today because there's nowhere to spend it. My suppliers don't have food. My suppliers don't have backpacks, hygiene, et cetera. So it's very difficult for me to also supply a school that's closed. Right. Okay. So I promised them that, and I said, but I'm honest. I said, I'm just telling you. I'm not getting in the car, driving down wherever, and looking for kids that are hungry. It's not what I can't do that. It wouldn't, it wouldn't work. And uh, what happened was I saw some statistics which bore me to tears, but I did see some that said the onslaught of need is going to be so great, we've never witnessed anything like it before. So it turned out that I was right, but I'm, I, was, I was sort of guessing, but it made sense to me because once everything starts to get up and running again, how they made it through this time period is a miracle. Yes. And they have not, if they have nothing before, they have minus nothing now. Exactly. You know? So we want to be there for that. And that's my principal interest as I am waiting for that moment. But in the meantime... We have identified three DISD folks who know where a number of these kids and families are. So we fund those three people, and they take care of those people. 
and there's no other better way to do it. It sounds like you came up with a perfect backup plan. Well, I didn't figure it out. It kind of came to me, but <laughs> it, it, it works, Sybil, and, and it works. So, you know, I could, you know, tell people I'm doing X, Y, and Z, but it would be a lie. And, um, you know, I can't do that. So the next best thing is this. Is it ha- Does it make me happy? No. Uh, when the schools are open and everything's better, and I, I will load these people up so they're going to need a camel to help them carry it out. <laughs> well, that's great. That's what we try to do. That's a lot to look forward to. So hopefully uh, this will end soon and oh, please. get back to doing all the great things. But in the meantime, the uh, virtual auction for Focus on Teens yes. is October 21st. Bidding yeah. starts October 14th. And the website where they can do that, focusonteens.org. Correct. All of the social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, is at Focus on Teens. Yes, and I'm hiring you to do all that because I don't even know how to <laughs> make a Facebook entry. Stop. <laughs> oh, if I was lying, I, I'd feel a lot better about it, but I am not. I'm, I'm just like a complete boob when it comes to those things. So, Well, um, you've got more important things to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I keep telling everybody. It gives me a hard time. There you go. Yeah, it's the uh, yeah, twenty first. It starts at seven p.m. and you, the auction begins on the fourteenth. Perfect. I appreciate you taking time again to join us today. And I had no idea. I have never heard of FocusOnTeens.org, mm-hmm. and I've lived in DFW my entire life. So <laughs> I'm really glad I got the opportunity to learn about it and spread the word to other people who might not be familiar with it. Or those people who don't know how to use social media like some people I know. <laughs> <laughs> He's the president and founder of FocusOnTeens.org. Keith, thank you for what you do. Keep up the great work, and I wish you and Focus on Teens the best. Thank you so much, Sybil. I appreciate it. This is Better Living. I'm your host this week, Sybil Summers from 98.7 K-Love, and now we'll check in with Nakisha Patton-Handy. She's the founder and owner of 2inspirepeace.com. Hi, Nakisha. Hi, Sybil. So tell us what is To Inspire Peace? Well, To Inspire Peace um, was founded because I was a burnt-out teacher and I needed it myself. (laughs) So I started teaching in 2004, and by the time 2016 came around, I was burnt out. And... Just trying to figure out, you know, what was going on in my life. And so, so many of my peers, you know, were looking like how I was. So um, I actually just quit my job because my family needed me. And I hooked up with a life coach and we talked about this thing called mindfulness. And once I really allow myself to deep dive into it, I recognized that these were some of the same practices that I used to have as a child because I had problems with anxiety. So I was like one of those children who I was always in the nurse's office because I was always passing out or throwing up and nobody knew what was wrong. My mom used to call them episodes, but basically what was going on is that first I'd feel the heart racing and it would always start with my heart racing and then I'd break out into these hot or cold sweats and then my hands would become clammy and I'd get this ridiculous headache and and I could feel like the blood going through my veins, if that makes any sense. Like Mm -hmm. it just felt like it was pulsing and I felt like the whole world could hear my heartbeat and the energy would just build up so greatly that either I would pass out or I would vomit. And so I was the child in class with the trash can beside my desk because they didn't know when she was going to blow. <laughs> <laughs> so um, one day that happened and I really didn't want to be embarrassed because I was taking accelerated classes with sixth graders and I was a fifth grader at the time. So, you know, you want to be all impressive. And of so 
um, I found myself raising my hand and getting that same inclination of an anxiety attack. And so I just said, okay, what if I could just slow this up by just taking a deep breath? So I took this huge deep breath and I noticed that it kind of tapered off. It didn't stop, but it was tapering off instead of like escalating, right? And so I continued to take these long, deep breaths and I found my solution. And so from then on, I've always been a huge believer in the power of the breath and um, deep breathing, but we didn't call it meditation. I didn't even know what meditation was when I was young. So um, I was this space cadet. <laughs> so all of these things came back to my remembrance. And as I practiced more and it became more consistent and I created a daily practice, it made sense that this would be a practical something for my educator friends because they were still calling me and um, they were still needing solutions. You know, I've always just believed in positive climate and culture wherever I went. I just wanted to make it a brighter, better place. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to bring it back in a big way. And my life coach encouraged me to um, start a business. And I didn't know anything about business. And so um, I was a little hesitant, but I started what we call this meditation in the park. And we used to meet over at White Rock Lake and um, meditate. And so it just grew incredibly. And I started to inspire peace, basically, to go back into the schools and teach what I felt like we needed. But since then, it has become so much bigger because it wasn't just the educators that needed it, right? Because mm -hmm. we look at our environment now, it's like the community, the children, the healthcare workers, right. like the frontliners, like everyone needs this. And so I needed to do the work necessary, which is why, you know, I'm speaking with you, thank God, to be able to get the word out and really expand what our mission and our vision is in order to um, give people tools, practical tools, not expensive tools either, of being able to take back their own energy and to feel better and to be able to navigate resilience in a very healthy and holistic way. So we're talking to Nikisha Patton-Handy. She's the founder and owner of 2inspirepeace.com. And that's the number two. If you go online, it's 2inspirepeace.com. I'm amazed, Nikisha, that you had the presence of mind as a child to come up with your own breathing techniques and meditation. And I'm so glad that it's turned into this thing where you can help the community. I'm in awe myself. Like, you know, I just feel like we're all here for a reason and a season. And I've always <laughs> been very avant-garde, out of the box, never really belonged to a clicker group, you mm -hmm. know, and just been the black sheep. And so it's really been a blessing for me to have an opportunity to um, have a spiritual gift that actually impacts others so positively, especially like with what's going on now. It's like, you know, I find myself growing stronger in it and how my work on myself and my own healing is actually impacting not only my own family and those around me, but people that I may not even come in contact with. And so that's been very powerful for me. And also as a parent, right, how do I look at what my daughter's spiritual gifts are and understand the impact that it could possibly make if I make the decision to continue to pour into her and see that in her so that she doesn't have to find for herself. And you're right, Nikisha, it is definitely needed right now. So tell me about the event you have coming up, The Miseducation of Self. Absolutely. So The Miseducation of Self is um, actually a workshop. So we started this past summer, and we were given the, um, the NRI cohort um, initiative is what it's called, and it's a grant 
that's given to the partnerships um, in the city of Dallas by Big Thought. And so we were able to participate through them. So um, kudos to them and shout out to them for giving us the opportunity. <laughs> that's this right. is how it all got started, right? Mm -hmm. So um, what we did is we took six songs from the album of The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Mm -hmm. And um, I was actually going to, and I still am going to a place called Self Unabound off of um, 635. And they actually do Spinal Entailment. And so it's just a different way. It's almost like energy healing, but it's a chiropractor. And they're still able to align you. But it's based on, I mean, the way that they do it is phenomenal. So definitely um, I put out a plug for them, too, because they definitely <laughs> helped me in my blind spot healing. But um, they actually also taught a class about the 12 stages of healing. And they used music. And we actually used the deep breathing techniques of the 12 stages of healing to get through each of these stages. And it was with music that they were able to use the lyrics and what was going on with the lyrics to be able to give more of a personification to the actual stage. And I thought it was incredibly brilliant. That's the reason why I used something like that, because I knew that my generation, we listened to Lauren Hill, but I thought it was phenomenal the fact that the lyrics that she spoke about were so classic right. that they were able to translate to any you know, time period, and especially the one that's happening now with our children who have now been separated from their friends, from some of their family. They're not in school like they used to be. What happened to recess? What happened to lunches together? What happened to times on the playground? What happened to, you know, us having sleepovers and going to the movies and walking around the mall together and all these things that they were able to engage in, even sports. We take that for granted. It's a different type of climate now because you just, you don't know. And so it's not even the carefree beautiful experience that it used to be, it has a little bit of an edge of stress on it. With our children who have now been separated from their friends, from some of their family, they're not in school like they used to be. So um, the miseducation of self is geared towards our teens and our tweens from about 13 to 18 years old. And we use that album um, with the deep breathing exercises to actually give them a forum. No one has really given them a forum to express themselves. And what we also know historically is that from the art and the literature that, you know, we've read throughout history of especially things happening as we're, that are happening now, is that our art and our literature is the one thing that always stands out where we always can go back and see what were the mindsets, what were the feelings and emotions, what were, what, what were people experiencing? And, and from that, not only are we able to, you know, really adore it and, and, and look at it with awe, but also able to learn from that time period because, as we know, if we don't know where we came from, we don't know where we're going, and then it, it makes it a lot more um, easier to actually repeat history and sometimes the history that we don't want to repeat, right? Yes. So I thought this was a good time to be able to let the, the children express themselves and, and work on some of their stuff that they're not able to work on now. So this is reading. This is writing. This is speaking. This is performing arts. Look, you even, I had children from the summer program that even made art collections that got up and sung Aww. not one song, but two songs. That's like, awesome. These are introverts. I remember being the introvert, you know, myself and you know, like I told you, I've already told you what type of child I was, so I'm not going to get <laughs> Space on the Cadet. Space. That's not my, my thing, you know. But they had so much to say and so much, you know, to express, you know. So we actually see where the gifts lie, you know, with these children. What are their superpowers? They love to talk about their superpowers and what they're really good at. And so what if we find out what that is and create programming like the partners have for, you know, the city of Dallas Learning 
and then we're able to give them badges based on, look, you have skills in speaking because it shows because you, you took this workshop and it covered writing and it covered speaking and performing arts. And look, you even, I had children from the summer program that even made art collections. I was just really in awe to see the progress in, in eight weeks because it is an eight-week program, but they made so much progress. So then when we, when we came back together, which we're actually having the open mic on the um on October 16th, mm -hmm. but this past one we had, and it was um, featuring the miseducation of South All-Stars, and that's when they were able to go up and perform and actually have their family there to celebrate them and their community there to celebrate them. I mean, when I saw the looks on those babies' faces, it just, Aww. it just, I just, I wanted to do it again. Yes. So they made so much progress, and not only, you know, schools are always talking about parent involvement, but when you involve their children in something as massive as what we did, and the art, because when you involve your children in those things, you end up becoming involved too. So it was like a family ordeal. So then when we, when we came back together, this time the South Dallas Cultural Center has sponsored our program for the fall. So it actually starts on October 12th at 5.30. It will be online for the eight sessions. Mm -hmm. But I do want to create opportunities for us maybe to take some small spill trips out to different places like the Fabrication Yard or different art-inspired places or whatever to where they can actually actually put in um, their stamp. There is an Amazon list that comes with every registration that comes with, like, you know, um, the book. So one of the books was um, Me and My Feelings, and the other one is also, the, of course, The Twelve Stages of Healing. But it also comes with our art set because I know I'm a creative to my heart mm -hmm. and my soul. But I never took dance classes, really. I never took art classes. I never was exposed to any of these things to be able to really um, become the expert in these um in the, in, in the art industry in the way that I knew I had the potential to just because it just hadn't been tapped. My mom, you know, she worked a whole lot and she believed very, very, you know, in, in education and academics, which I'm totally an academia. Of course, I'm a teacher, you know, right. I'm all finished with my doctorate, but there is another component to this that makes us stronger and we want to definitely pour into the whole child and just not a piece of the child because I feel like a lot of our academia is based on pass or fail are you doing well? Are you excelling? It's this thing, either you're doing well or you're not. There's never really a gray area, but with art, it's not as subjective, you know, it's very, it's very open mm -hmm. and it's very, you know, abstract and it's the way and the concrete way that I feel like we need to be, you know, infiltrating this, this type of thing within our curriculum because most of our babies are kinesthetic learners. And so if you're getting here in a class and you're sitting and getting or you're just sitting on these Zooms and you're sitting and getting and you're not really interacting with it, I feel like the potential for um, what's going on in our educational system is that it will crash. So this is a bigger thing, actually, um, mm -hmm. than just the miseducation itself. This is just for these children to be able to understand what they're feeling, what their attitudes are, and how to regulate them and do it in a way that is art-inspired with music, with lyrics, with art, with, you know, everything, with a performance, and making it fun and making them heard and boosting their self-esteem that they know that, you know, it's all good and, and, and that their voice is important and that they're heard. And people can register at 2inspirepeace.com? They can. There is actually a tab on that website that's called Miseducation of Self. And so if you get to that tab, there's an, a registration form that you can fill out and once you fill out the registration form, that is it. And once I receive it, then I will send out uh, your packet 
it's basically it's a package and it has the book and the art set with it and they will be set Tuesday evening and so we'll meet you know, every Tuesday evening until um, November 14th will be the culminating performance, and it's going to be held at the South Dallas Cultural Center, and we're going to be celebrating yet another line of our Miseducation of Self All-Stars. So, I love absolutely. It. It's such a great concept, and it sounds like you're really making a difference with toinspirepeace.com. Thank you. So, Nikisha, I know you practice meditation. You've talked a lot about it. I'm one of those people, my mind is constantly running. I can never seem to just let my brain relax. What is the one tip you could give somebody who's at a beginner's level? This is what I say. I feel like the misconception, and um, I come from more of a sacred, ancient uh, school of thought instead of more of a new age. And the new age seems to make us feel like our our minds need to be quiet. Mm -hmm. And that is not the school of thought that I come from. So let me just start right there. Um, I believe that because what I usually do is the focused attention meditation is what I um, I solicit to people because if you think of your garbage can, so let's just think of the kitchen garbage can that everybody has, and right. it fills up fast. It does. If you don't get that thing out the house in time, it will start <laughs> to stink. Right. And that's exactly what happens to us when we don't meditate. Think about all of the thoughts that you won't allow yourself to think because you don't want your light vibration to get low or you don't want to feel sad or mad or feel like you're being negative. And so there's all these things that we really don't make room for, especially if we're in a hustle and bustle city like the city of Dallas. You know, mm-hmm. things are going and coming and things are going so swiftly. And so meditation can be used in order to empty out the brain. That's how you end up quieting it. But we have to be able to go in and see what it is that we are repressing or suppressing because for me meditation is a way for me to clear out the body because that which we manifest in the body that all those feelings and emotions that we don't let go of they manifest in the body so then we're complaining about migraines and headaches and we're complaining about high blood pressure and aches and pains in the body but they were signs way before they became manifested in the body and that's what meditation does for me and that's when the deep breathing comes in is because then you can take your breath and clearly and intently clear out those areas so that goes for like what you're saying for your mind Mm -hmm. for your thoughts breaking apart those thoughts and releasing so that's why I love the pH balance because it, it gives us a chance to release so we release the people that played their part in order to give us that lesson or that experience so we take away all the ill feelings we release that and then we look at the situation and what we learn and what we're actually feeling bad about and sometimes we keep playing over and over in our mind because that's what humans tend to do that nobody else in nature does right. <laughs> we tend to take those things and we play them over and over again but your body and your mind don't know the difference between it actually happening and the fact that it was actually the past so then you end up reliving and re-traumatizing yourself every time oh that's so true and i've never thought about it that way we're talking to Nikisha Patton Handy, founder and owner of To Inspire Peace. I'm learning so much from you just through this conversation about how to manage stress relief and mental health and meditation, things like that. Because it's so important, especially right now, where most of us are having a harder time than usual with maybe more issues than we would normally be dealing with. So meditation gives you that gap between those instances to be able to release that and to change the perspective. So this is what they mean when they're talking about growth mindset. We change the perspective of the fact that maybe she went off on me, but is what she said to me 
was that a golden nugget that I needed to hear? And maybe that was the only way that I would receive it. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to release her because she did her job and she came into my projection because my energy was on that level. And so that's the reason why she was able to come in. And she told me that stuff and it didn't feel good, but had I, would I have really taken it in any other way? And so whenever I'm able to change that perspective, and that's just one piece, and that's, you know, that's what I do with my meditations is it's focused attention. So you can do it for that. You can do it with grief. There are so many reasons um, that we can meditate outside of just quieting our mind because a lot of times we need to quiet our body. So I love body scans where you go from the top of your head to the bottom of your foot mm -hmm. and actually, you know, just clear that out and understand, you know, the tension and where it's coming from, the discomfort, the pain, and even being able to breathe that out to where your body is just like back on 10. So our mind is so powerful. Our body is um, the intelligence of, you know, the almighty. And so whenever we don't understand how it works and we're just using it as a vehicle and we're not taking care of our vehicle, just like our vehicles on the road, if you don't maintain it, it will break down and it will stop <laughs> and it will cease to exist. Right. So we definitely need that in this time. And I actually have a YouTube um, to inspire piece that have over 85 videos. With meditation tips? Absolutely. And I also have a Pinterest because I also want to go around the city and start creating serenity spaces. So the serenity spaces are just spaces where, you know, um, corporate people, teachers, educators, frontliners, anybody can go in there and get a, a, a little bit of peace, yes. get a break. And so I'm also um, finding sponsorship to be able to go in there. And we're actually putting in grants to be able to fund that so that, you know, we can create and inspire peace all over the city, and I'm starting with the city because this is where I live, but I really believe this is going to extend internationally, so we're just gaining momentum, and we really, really appreciate this opportunity to expand. Best of luck to you. It's Nikisha Patton-Handy, founder and owner of To Inspire Peace, the number two, inspirepeace.com, and on all social media at To Inspire Peace. Thanks, Nikisha. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. My pleasure. Thanks again to everyone for joining us. I'm Sybil Summers of 98.7 K-Love. Tune in next week as we focus on other DFW organizations doing great things in our community right here on Better Living. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.